Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. It's comic book day. He's probably reading comics. Running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hi, you're not reading comics because you're running the boards. That's what I'm doing. Exactly. On today's show, we will talk about what the hell's going on with Comic-Con and also Gen Con. So if you want to go to conventions, you might be able to. It's going to be an interesting sort of thing with that. Uh, we're going to run down everything we know about Thor, Love and Thunder. Maybe some of that more, but I doubt it because we got to get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Get our blogs, podcast, and more. more. Or you can just find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, as well as the new Odyssey, spelled with an A, Yep. instead of Radio.com app. If you had the Radio.com app, it is now Odyssey. You don't have to do a thing. It's super easy. Hell yeah. Uh, but you can find us there. Search for BJ Shays Geek Nation. It's easy. Yep. Uh, A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. Odyssey Odyssey I think if you just yell at your Alexa to play BJ Shea's Geek Nation it might work too I don't know if it doesn't uh, tell me and then I'll figure out what it does and maybe I'll do some research on it or you can do the research for me I don't care we have other things to do research on like conventions obviously we're not going to be doing Emerald City Comic Con or WonderCon uh, this uh, year Gareth and I have talked about what is going to be opening up and a lot of things have been limited we're not sure what's going to be happening with uh, like E3 and San Diego Comic-Con just had some major news. They will not be doing a summer convention, but somehow they thought that it might be possible that they would do a Comic-Con uh, convention in person, a special edition that will take place on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, November 26th through the 28th at the San Diego Comic-Con Convention Center. You may be wondering, those dates seem kind of interesting, November 26th through the 28th. Well, that's Thanksgiving weekend. I was going to say, wait, don't I eat food on those days? <laughs> you do. You Well, on the Thursday before, so they're doing it on the Black Friday and then the Saturday and Sunday, whatever, like small business Saturday and uh, I spent too much money Sunday. Uh, I like that day. The problem that revolves around that is the, that's the biggest traveling day of the year for oh. most families. Also, most people are like, I can't go to a comic book convention then. It's Thanksgiving. I have to go be with my family and eat food. Mm. And as much as I love Comic-Con, a lot of people are saying the exact same thing, saying, why are you doing this? And so a lot of um, a lot of uh, angry people on the internet. Shocking. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised they're even trying to do it. Yeah, and they're still doing the Summer Comic-Con at home, which you can go check out San Diego Comic-Con's website and get all the information on. But basically, there's been just a ton of backlash on this. I don't know whether or not this will continue to happen or if it's even a good payoff, but it looks like as of this recording, Comic-Con will be in person in San Diego over Thanksgiving weekend. Well, I'll be at home eating food and macaroni and cheese and turkey and gravy, and then I'm going to wake up the next day on Friday, and instead of go to that con, I'm going to eat macaroni and cheese and food and turkey. Yes, exactly. Uh, like, unless they're going to have a Thanksgiving spread out there. If they do a thing, well, I don't. I was going to say if they do a Thanksgiving buffet, but it's like I'm not going to a buffet right now. can't do buffets. Yeah, yeah, there's no buffets right now. So, I mean, if they give everyone a turkey sandwich as they walk in, like, you know, individually Ooh. wrapped or something like that, it's like, here, here's your Thanksgiving. Go do things. I don't know. It just seems like a really bad idea. Yeah, I don't get like, it. Like, maybe just postpone stuff until 2022. Yeah. 
and just be safe. Or if you're going to try maybe a shoot for the first week in December. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, if you just wait until not the day after Thanksgiving, because that's going to be really awkward. You're like, hi, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my family for Thanksgiving. And then, yeah, by 8 o'clock, I got to get a red eye because I got to go check out convention stuff. Yeah, I wonder if they think families will travel. Like, oh, we'll have a nice family vacation and we'll travel for Thanksgiving (laughs) to go to the con. But I just don't see it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what's going to be going on with that, but I'd love to hear people's opinions on all of that. Also, in terms of conventions, Gen Con has postponed its 2021 convention from originally August 5th through the 8th at the Indianapolis uh, Convention Center there. It is being pushed to September 16th to the 19th. I don't believe there's anything happening big during uh, September there because Labor Day is already done. So I don't think they're going to be problem uh, having any problems with that. That is in person at Gen Con in Indianapolis. It will have a capped attendance and a modified format. Um, and then also you can still do the home stuff through Gen Con online. So if you still want to get your geeky stuff on, and they do all sorts of crazy stuff. Peter Atkinson is a really, uh, he's pretty amazing. He put out a blog on there talking about all of that. So you can go to GenCon.com and get all the information, all of that. But it is happening September 16th through the 19th. You can do Gen Con. You can do Gen Con online, and then also uh, you can do pop-ups at Gen Con as well, because there will be local game stores that do retail activations for stuff. Uh, so if you check out all of the things, uh, you can find out all the information at GenCon.com. Now, it is comic book day, and we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about comic books, or at least comic book movies, and Nerdist put out a great article about everything we know about Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I just recently went back and rewatched Thor Ragnarok, and even people have voted it as the most rewatchable MCU movie. And I have to agree. I thought it was fantastic. All the characters are great. I love the director, Mr. Taiko Watiti, and he's coming back for Love and Thunder. Now, this will be the fourth one, uh, and everyone's really excited. I mean, I'm personally excited for it. Um, uh, Taika Waititi, like I said, who did helm Thor Ragnarok, is back for Love and Thunder. He'll direct the film and co-write the script with Jennifer Caton Robinson. Now, obviously, we don't know many details about the movie, um, but we're going to presume that it, uh, it will address the end of Avengers Endgame after Thor left Valkyrie in charge of New Asgard, which would make the most sense. Uh, we do know that writer Jason Aaron's comics from Marvel will inspire the film, and it will feature Jane Foster in an important role. We haven't seen her since The Dark World, where she was a part of essentially the reality stone, which was the ink at the time that got into her bloodstream. Funny enough, Rev, I recently rewatched half of that movie and turned it off again. Yeah, why? (laughs) I had never seen it. Oh. I have seen the first (laughs) 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes, and I watched an hour in the middle, and I still couldn't make it to the end. I remember watching it exactly once in the theaters, and we might have had like a preview or something like that. I'm just like... It has such potential. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, no. It's I feel not like, good. I feel like what the best thing they could have done a Thor in general is just make him the goofy effort. Like, and seriously. they did. And they did. But it, it took Taika Waititi to save it, really. Right. Because I feel like we are just, we cannot have like one dimensional comic book characters, especially when you have somebody, like for example, Superman, like he's just too perfect. Mm -hmm. And when you have a character like Thor, when you kind of have this, at the time, Game of Thrones, you have that mentality of that's what it is. But if you're putting him into now times, it just, it doesn't fit. 
And I like that he doesn't understand everything, but they've made him goofy because of his time on Earth. Like, they've made him more relatable. You can't relate yeah. to a god of thunder from a different planet who talks like he's on a re- in a renaissance fair, really. And it's funny because with, like, Thor Ragnarok, you have the scenes where he's down there trying to find his dad. Um, because Loki put him in an old person's home and then the old person's home got uh, 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 tore down. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's just standing at the corner and then people ask him to take a selfie. And he's like, oh yeah, no problem. I'm going to take a selfie. Like it was fun and goofy. And it's like him uh, like coming to terms with that and you know, dealing with the fame of being a world-renowned Avenger. Uh, obviously things took a very um, dark turn when it got into uh, Endgame or Infinity War and Endgame. And you kind of see where he went from there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's still Fat Thor. Um, but we do know that in the Mighty Thor, the comic books, uh, Jane Foster suffers from cancer. Mm-hmm. And she ends up actually being able to wield Mjolnir to transform into Thor. And she effectively renders her cancer treatments inert. So being a superhero was literally killing her. Now, we don't know if they're going to do the cancer angle when it goes down to this. But I do think that they have shown or talked about the fact that she will wield Mjolnir. Wouldn't it make sense if she had cancer and then wielding Mjolnir gets rid of it? it? Well, what happens is is that the chemo that she's going through is a poison, so Mjolnir will eradicate the poison, but doesn't get rid of the cancer because it's still part of her. It's kind of like Deadpool, like when they take in Deadpool two when they put that collar on him. Yeah, like his it, it prevents his superpowers from working. So it's kind of like those lines, like that sort of thing, where it gets rid of the stuff that's supposed to stop the cancer. Therefore, it has a chance to come back because it doesn't eradicate. That. All right, that's my hint at, at the at my guess of what's going to happen in this movie. It's going to be the other way around this time. It's yeah, going to help her. <laughs> yeah, and uh, actually, um, it looks like she did say, "I can't tell you much. I'm really excited. I'm starting to train to get the muscles. If there can be at all these female superheroes, the more of them that there are, the better." I'm trying to think. It's based on the graphic novel, The Mighty Thor. She's going through the cancer treatment and is a superhero on the side. So it looks like they may be actually doing that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I've seen some of the uh, sneak pictures someone took of the set. Like, mm-hmm. you can tell they're kind of far away. And she's got some guns. Oh, I would hope so. Yeah, Natalie Portman's got uh, the arms. That's hilarious. Uh, we do know that Chris Hemsworth will be in it because that makes sense. Uh, Tessa Thompson, who played Valkyrie in Ragnarok, will be back. Yay. Yeah, I mean, because she's the new king of Asgard, which makes sense. So, uh, well, the new Asgardian population that now reside on Earth. Uh, it is new Asgard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we got those. We do have Natalie Portman as Jane Foster. And uh, it does look like we'll have uh, Vin Diesel as... Groot? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah! It'd be funny if there was anyone else. Also, uh, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. Okay, makes sense. Yep. And uh, Christian Bale will play an undisclosed villain in the the film. Uh, Kevin Feige actually did confirm that uh, Bale will play Gore the God Butcher. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him, but... uh, I'm so excited right right? now. Someone called the Gore Gore the God Butcher? Gore the God Butcher. He Uh, looks creepy. Well, he should. He has a weird face. He kind of looks like Voldemort. Uh, you know, I wonder if he's, I mean, it would make sense that he's going to be a CG sort of thing on that because, or, I mean, most alien I mean, things. You just put a little green uh, green paint on his nose. Well, and he doesn't the, have a nose. The thing with Christian Bale is that if you've ever seen The Machinist, he, do, he does a lot of work on his body. Like, in that one he Don't lost. Don't cut your nose off, Bale! That's what I'm saying. Like, he lost a lot of weight for The Machinist. Like, not healthy levels of that. Uh, don't go that method when it comes down to a Marvel movie, buddy. But, uh, you know, hey, do what you want to do on that. Uh, Jamie Alexander will also return as Sif. Yeah, where the hell she been? I know, right? And even uh, Karen Gillan will be uh, Nebula in the movie as well. 
So I think we're going to basically get a group of, uh, uh, we're going to get the Guardians at least a little bit in this mm-hmm. because he did, uh, uh, he Thor was... did leave with the, you know, he was the Asgardians of the galaxy. Right. So you got to do with all <laughs> that. Gamora is alive now, right? Yeah, um, but they were looking for it at the end of the movie, right? Yeah. And it's a different dimension Gamora. Mm-hmm. Like it was the That's different right. timeline one has no has no um love or bond with the new Star Lord, but obviously he has all of his past. That's going to be a sort of weird thing. Uh, looks like Russell Crowe will cameo in the film as well, and Matt Damon will also reprise his cameo from Thor Ragnarok. You may rem- remember him as Loki in That's the stage right. play. Also, I think Melissa McCarthy is playing Hela in the stage play. Yes. I cannot wait. Right? So it's like, imagine and expect all of the goofiness that comes down to a Taika Waititi movie uh, with the MCU, the superheroes. Uh, We're not going to see the Grandmaster again, I don't believe, with Jeff Goldblum. But if you want that, just go back and watch the uh, Thor Ragnarok because his scenes are just magical when it comes down to it. Uh, Very excited for that movie. It's it's a ways off like everything else. We still got to get to... Uh, well, what is it? Uh, Black Widow, mm-hmm. which comes out in July, with also the possibility of that uh, being in theaters, which we talked about some of the other movies Yay. like uh, uh, Godzilla and Kong. Um, but you can also watch it at Disney Plus uh, for the extra bonus charge, which I think is going to be like thirty bucks, like it was with Mulan with uh, Ray and the Last Dragon. Um, which, if you want to stay at home, it's the, essentially the same price as paying a couple of tickets to go see the movie, and you get to watch it for as much as you want. At least that's what they did with Raya, and uh, I still haven't gone back and actually seen that again, but I'm going to watch it again. So, you know, get my $30 worth. Uh, very excited for all of that. But now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? One of my favorite things as a kid is sitting there and coming up with scenarios like who would win in a fight, you know, Superman against, you know, Captain America or this or that, right? Oh, hell yeah. But, uh... We're a little Slytherin here. We're a little bit more on the dark side. How about villains? Nice. Uh, I appreciate this. So, Ranker.com came out with a list of the most powerful sci-fi movie villains of all time. So, sci-fi. Sci-fi in their movies. And sci-fi and movies. Okay, I'm going to first, I'm going to throw it out there, Khan from Star Trek. That's not the one I thought you were going to say first. either Khan. Like, so either um, Benedict Cumberbatch or Ricardo Montalban. We do have him at number 10. Nice! Yeah, which one? Uh, it looks like the Carlo Montalban. Okay, so it yeah, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as described by Spock, Khan is the most dangerous adversary to the, the Enterprise has ever faced. Mm-hmm. He is brilliant, ruthless, and he will not hesitate to kill every single one of you. Truth. While Star Trek isn't known for its super-powered individuals... Uh, that's basically what Khan was. He was a genetically altered human created uh, for the eugenics war, and Khan possessed super strength, durability, and healing factor, and the mind of a genius. So the picture they used was the old one, but I'm guessing they just mean Khan in general. Yeah, I mean, it's either or at that point, because essentially they're the same uh, character, mm-hmm. uh, just obviously new iterations due to the time uh, fracture or split or whatever the hell they want to call it, the J.J. Abrams verse. But he was number 10. Any other guesses? Okay, I, I don't remember the guy's name from Doctor Strange, but is it Galactus? Uh, okay, no, no, Dormammu. No, no. Dormammu. Dormammu, there we go. Good call. Thank you. Yeah, he is a really, I mean, he, he is, he has his own negative space sort of whatever that uh, turns all of his followers into whatever weird mummy things that uh, they are. Uh, we only have one MCU villain on here, oh. and that is not it. Well, then it has to be Thanos. Purple oh, Man. He is number one. Yeah, number one. Okay, that's actually pretty sweet. Yep. 
Like, I'm trying to think, like, would there be a more powerful villain? Obviously, they put him at number one, but I'm, like, trying to think of, like... I mean, movie-wise? Yeah, across the scope and how much power they put into him on that aspect of that, because... Uh, obviously the Eternals aren't out yet and we're going to see a Celestial in that. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a bad guy or a good guy because I don't know how it's going to pan out. But, I mean, a Celestial is definitely more powerful than Thanos, even with the, well, I guess maybe not with the Infinity Gems. I mean, hmm. I was thinking like when you said Celestials, I immediately thought of like Ego, but he was he was destroyed pretty easily. Comparatively. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the, the big robot-y looking ones as yep. opposed to uh, someone like that. I mean, uh, yeah, if they're going to bring in someone like the In-Betweener or like mm-hmm. Living Tribunal or something like that ridiculous cosmic level, then yeah. Wait, is the In-Betweener an actual bad guy? He is. Well, I mean, the problem with Celestials is they're not, neither bad nor good. Sorry, the, let me rephrase but, that. Is the In-Betweener an actual name for a yes, person? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, and, he, and he's like he's like black and white checker marked. Is kind of like supposed to be huh. like the good and bad side of stuff, but he's not really. He's still kind of a D, like and so he's uh, kind of like a karma in a weird way. Like he's wearing leggings yeah. and a weird you know boxer robe. Well, it was the seventies. Yep. They kind of do that sort of thing. Yep. I am I, the image in my mind. It's just crazy. <laughs> just, just Google it. Who's number nine on this list? Number nine. Where's my list? Uh, you guys don't want to give any more guesses? I, I'll give you number nine, though. Yeah, give me number nine because I'm kind of drawing a blank on this one. You definitely wouldn't get, so this is a good one to give you guys. The you know Borg Queen from Star Trek. Oh yeah, this is Star Trek first sci-fi, content. Sci-fi. That's yeah, right. Sci-fi. You got to think about that. So the Borg Queen, for those who don't know, was the leader of the Borg, yeah. a sentient race of cybernetic <laughs> humanoids that were members of a singular hive mind. And the Borg wanted to achieve a universal perfection by assimilating other species and organisms into the Borg, forcing them to join the hive mind led by the queen, which the only reason I understand what like, you know, assimilating and stuff from the episode of Rick and Morty, they kind of make fun of this. Oh, shocking. Uh, they do like, there's a, was it <laughs> unity? And then she has like, they like a, like another assimilating type group. Oh. And that's voiced by Patton Oswalt, of course. Of course. <laughs> Uh, but um, becoming a member of the Borg allowed whatever organism it possessed to move past its physical limitations, no longer requiring as much rest or food intake. So through their, her control of this massive army of ever-growing zombies, the Borg Queen was quite possibly the most powerful being in that universe. They're basically robot uh, uh, zombies, so they're pretty yeah. sweet. The Borg are one of my sci-fi favorite villains, or like just, I guess, race of, it's a race, sort of. Sci-fi they're all technically, race. technically yeah. they become one. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's the one thing that's always terrifying is the fact that, yeah, it's like, oh, you can phaser maybe a couple of them, but they adapt. Yeah. on the fly, and they're super fast at that. So that's the biggest terrifying, most terrifying spot about it. Or even the fact that they did end up assimilating uh, uh, Picard, Picard, like very early in the series mm-hmm. to kind of put that fear there. So that would be a big one for me too. And you mentioned queens, so I'm going to throw out maybe the alien queen because it's sci-fi. She's very powerful and pretty badass. Is that the xenomorph? Yes. Yes, number five. Wow. Uh, okay, I think they just went with any xenomorph at that point yeah. in time, but I, I was just thinking the queen but because yeah, she's that, badass. It just says xenomorph, but when you read the description, it's uh, as shown in Alien. Every Even a single incredibly young xenomorph was absolutely not to be messed with, while a xenomorph queen is a bigger, stronger, more intelligent upgrade. Oh, yeah. So, and how? Uh, any other guesses? I got those? one. Okay. okay. Agent Smith. Ooh, yeah, from the Matrix. Like he was going to take over all the robots too. The agents were an interesting thing because, yeah, they were basically the robots' policemen inside the Matrix, and then obvi- and then uh, Agent Smith went one step further, becoming a, a a virus essentially when it came down to it. So, to give you guys a little more context, number one was Thanos. Mm-hmm. Number 
five was the Xenomorph Queen, and number six is Agent Smith. Nice. Good call. Ooh, Definitely nice. him. So we've got one, five, six, nine, and ten. So there's still a lot more on this. Mm-hmm. Give me number eight because I'm still number, I'm drawing a yeah, blank. Yeah, number eight you're not going to get. It, it's from an anime. It's Akira. It's uh, Tetsu. Oh, yeah, Tetsuo. Tetsuo. And that makes sense too. Uh, do you remember Akira Joe? Have you ever seen it? I, had the, the I feel like three I did when movies, I was a kid. right? Uh, no. 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 Akira's just the one. It's in Neo Japan um, and it's dealing with, uh, it's basically kind of along the lines. It's, it's one of the original animes out there that a lot of people say to go see. Um, Neo Tokyo, dealing with a lot of uh, like kind of cybernetic future. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it says um, so in the world of Akira, terrifying, uh, terrifying singularity occurred that wiped out all of Tokyo. And later in the rebuilt and renamed Neo Tokyo, a boy named Tetsatsu. Right? Tetsuo. Tetsuo gained a mysterious psychic power that threatened to destroy Tokyo again. Mm-hmm. So his pow- psychic ability was so powerful that even though he was just a kid, the Tokyo government and military forces uh, therein were absolutely powerless to stop him. And at one point, an orbital laser was fired at him and he wasn't deterred. Yeah. So he is, in fact, never defeated. He ascended to a higher plane of reality with the help of another psychic individual. Exactly. And there's okay. a couple of little like little kids. Well, they, they look like, like old children. Like mm-hmm. they they're like little kid looking, but they've got like old people faces. Really weird. But uh, they're like essentially like super psychic beings, and they try to guide him to get at least the hell out of Neo Tokyo. It's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a classic, and I feel that you should everyone should watch it. Uh, the number seven is the thing. The thing from the thing. Yeah, the thing. It's creepy looking. It is, and that's the one with. It's the old movie uh, with Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a prequel that I think vibes really good with going from that into the the original movie. And essentially, it's a shapeshifter. So it's a whole like uh, essentially a who done it in terms of who is the monster. If you've ever played Among Us, oh, uh, the okay. game, it's that. It's that's that just let less cutesy, more um, graphic uh, in terms of horror. So Ooh. before I give yeah. you guys number two, oh, three, I've, and four. Oh, go ahead. I guess. I guess. Okay. The Joker. Oh. He's not, I wouldn't call him sci-fi though, would you? Uh, well, no, I mean, it's a DC, I mean, it's a DC movie. I guess it's yeah. a comic movie, and it, like, it's like, like I'm letting Thanos because they're saying sci-fi because it's the space. cosmic space sort of thing. No. I like, I like where you're going with it because you can kind of argue it. I'm sure Joker has been in space it. at some point. I mean, Joker has to be a yeah. musical. Well, if you're gonna do that, then I'm gonna say Jason Voorhees because they did a Jason in space <laughs> oh, as well too. So <laughs> we're probably not gonna deal with that. I am gonna give you guys the other ones. Just All right, going off the list, and then I'll, you guys have to guess these because. They're very mm, obvious. Okay. Number 15. I never actually saw the movie, uh, Avatar. They're saying Colonel Miles uh, yeah. Portage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Lang doing, mm-hmm. like, playing that character. He was a real pain in the butt. <laughs> he looks it. He has that face. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys remember the alien bug and uh, Edgar in Men in Black? He's, oh, why uh, was he a bad guy? Why was he a bad guy? Oh, he was, Edgar, oh, yeah. he was no, the, the big one. skin suit man. The skin yeah, was, suit. Was, was okay, Vincent, was I it Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. yeah, I thought you guys were talking about the little crustacean guys. I'm like, those guys were cute. No, he was the big crusty yeah. guy. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he yeah, he's pretty powerful. He had the ability to swallow humans whole, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he did a uh, kill a lot of people. Yep. Uh, number thirteen, another movie I did not see. Prome- Prometheus. They're saying David. Yeah. He was a synthetic robot created to accompany the Prometheus expedition. And, you know, this is a robot with an ego problem and deeply wanted to be in charge. Yeah. At the very least respected. And, uh, yeah. Oh, crap. Okay. T-1000. Uh, T-1000. Oh, Terminator. Like the Terminator. Like, yeah. I would say any of the Terminators at this point. Number four. Yeah. 
Good call. <laughs> and with all of those, I mean, they're all ter- terrifying. I mean, uh, the original T-800 became what? Was it like a drape salesman in the last one or something, something. like that? Like, so I don't count that. Uh, Arnold's character in it, like when mm. he's like selling like upholstery or something like that. I thought it was carpet. Yeah. In Pol- uh, yeah, Dark something. Fate. Yeah, I don't know. Terminator Dark? Oh, I it was forgot the one about that. You hated. <laughs> you, <laughs> it was the one where they it, turned though. him into like... Christian Bale one? No, no, that's the one where Arnold's old and living in a cabin or some crap. Oh, the... Oh, God. He <laughs> locked it out of his memory. <laughs> I know, I was trying to like... Uh, you remember that joke? Because I didn't see it. And I remember you being idea. mad about that. We'll rewrite the entire series and then uh, we'll have Arnold sell insurance. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did something stupid. Yeah. Uh, number 12 is Roy Batty from Blade Runner. All right, yeah. Number 11 is HAL 9000. Wow, he's actually... From uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah, I figured that he would be a little up higher on that. Hmm. Huh. Number 10, we said, was Khan. Number 9, Borg Queen. 8, Tetsuo. 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 (laughs) Uh, 7, The Thing. Number 6, Agent Smith. 5, The Xenomorph Queen. 4, T-1000. Nice, okay. So we have 3 and 2 left. Because we know 1 is Thanos. Yeah. Think space, and I will give you a hint. These are both from the same universe, same movies. Oh, but they're not MCU, right? Oh, God. Okay. Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader's number two. Emperor Palpatine. Number three. Yeah, there we go. Duh. Why did I forget about those? Because it's not science fiction. It's science fantasy. No, I just completely spaced on it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But no, good call. And uh, I want to hear from you guys. What do you think with this list? Or who do you think could beat them in a, in the sci-fi universe? Because we yeah. know there's other beings and everything. And like to be perfectly honest, don't email me saying uh, asking why it took me so long to think of uh, Palpatine and Vader. All right, I was thinking of other stuff. I wasn't really trying to be more worried broad. about that. Yeah, I completely forgot about the OGs right there. Well, My bad. Until next time, guys. Stay nerdy.